and welcome to So Farscape. A Farscape fan cast by a fervent fan and a fresh-faced first-timer. I'm Kaki. I'm Kay. And, and this, this is, is the story, story so, so far, Farscape. Escape. Oh, God, we're, uh, we're so close. We're getting there. So we're getting there. So, so the story so far, Escape. Uh, yes, yes. Okay, tell, so tell, us, tell us about the show so far, We have Crichton, okay. who is uh, ostensibly trying to find a way home after being slung through space, at least, yes. maybe even time. Yes, uh, very good. And he's now in a distant part of the universe. But... To be honest, I haven't seen him really try at all to get any back home so far. So you noticed that, right? Yeah. Like he's he hasn't like asked for any maps. <laughs> then you see some star charts, get some common points of reference. Damn. You know, the ship is amazing. Maybe a little bit at first, but like it hasn't really been a priority to no, figure out where there have, where been, he there have is. been no actions by him on screen at least. Yeah. Uh, showing that he is like trying to get back home. He's not trying to make inquiries, not trying to like figure right. out if anything knows about home. Stellar cartography, maybe, but like even that was like only barely referenced in the f- second episode now, or something of course, like that. How would he do it like how yeah i mean think about it think about yeah. it right with the with the knowledge that uh, uh, that a nasa scientist has or yeah. iasa as he is yeah. how would you describe where earth is to somewhere when you're when you're elsewhere well with the uh, uh, on the golden record they did it by uh, mapping out i believe the near eight nearest pulsars and the directions to them or something like that basically okay. they had like something about the frequency of the pulsars and then like pointing out like okay we can see these and in this relationship to each other and mm. something like that or as they do it in battlestar galactica they have like the constellations which have like, been adjusted for uh, for drift and I, I can assume that like right that's true if you yeah. take if you take uh, constellations which you know that are made up out of galaxies rather than stars then you can use those to that's- at least try and determine no, whether right. you're in the same galaxy or not, because they're not going to drift that much over. Yeah, no. because I mean that's the that's the problem if you use stars. Oh yes, uh, if you happen huge. to be on the yeah. other side of the star or closer to it, then it's going to be in a very different position. Just because like we're looking at those, but yeah, when you're looking at, at galaxies, like everyone in this galaxy is looking at the other galaxy. More or less, years it is, ago. there's going to be a little bit of. Uh, What's the word? Uh, well, temporal parallax, I guess. Like well, parallax, yeah, that's the word. Well, just not just not temporal, but just parallax uh, also, in general. Also, what I mean is that when you're closer to something, you see a more recent image of it because the light has taken less time to travel yes, to you, right? that too. Yeah. So you've got like spatial parallax. Yeah. Uh, we're getting into the science, which is kind of cool because it's relevant to this yeah. week's episode. You're coming with me. We may need a nerd. Other than that, it's been more or less just the problem of the week, uh, which we've been seeing so far. Yes, that last, is very fair yeah, to say. Last it's very episodic. Be, yeah, Rigel's kidnapping yep. and uh, having to get him back because he took a part of the ship. And that was, like, kind of cute. And so yeah, I guess we're right? having a back uh, on the, an entirely on-the-ship episode again, rather yes. than a we're on some planet episode which is which is kind of cool because the i mean the planet episodes are very cool because you get to see new worlds and and often like exciting new aliens and yeah. lots of and lots of action but it also tends to separate the characters uh, mm-hmm. versus in 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 this one i mean you did notice that Rigel barely features yes he's got like a few tiny scenes none of them important i sort of wonder if this was filmed at the same time as the last one no 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 i think i know oh, that it was in wasn't. the grouping yeah yeah, I think I know that this that this wasn't. See, the uh, the second and the fourth episode were filmed by uh, uh, Pino Amento, mm-hmm. um, who introduced sort of the, the the comedy and the irreverence, like all yes. the all the all the wisecracking. That was sort of a, a Pino Amento innovation. This time around, we're getting Rowan Woods, who is going to stick with the show for dozens of episodes and introduces us to like. Do you notice how different the tone was this time around? Mm. Like it was serious. 
It was a it little was, dark. Yeah. It was a little like it had a, had an edge to it. There was there was menace. There were stakes. Yes, it was a little bit Star Trekky uh, in a lot of ways. But I think thought it was done in 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 a lot way better than like the most of the time travel episodes that you how see in Star feel, Trek. How did you feel it was like Star Trek? Well, more the the, the whole setup concept of like the. Uh, uh, the the way in which they're doing like time paradox. Well, there wasn't really a time paradox. I was it was just him getting time flashbacks, I suppose, during right. the episode. Yeah, and yeah, it, yeah. It felt like the, the basic plot of a Star Trek episode, uh, but I thought it was done much better, handled much better. You know, I think that's fair to say because they they also start off off with like a, a weird phenomenon that the yes. audience, that the audience is aware of, but the characters aren't, and the characters gradually discover well, more about it, it. It starts by the crew seeing a ship getting torn apart by something or the other. It's like this weird green light, which made me immediately think it was like a Romulan battle cruiser. But yes, it's this weird sort of crumpling up like tripod ship. I guess it would have had like three. Very uh, hard to see. I kind of wish that we we got a better glimpse of this ship because it looks gorgeous. Also, most epic eye roll ever from Tentacles <laughs> right at the beginning. He's just like... <laughs> yes. Dargo, I, I love that they're sort of trying to work out what to do. This is, I mean, this is such an anti-Star Trek moment. There's a yeah. ship in distress. Yes. Uh, and now we're arguing about what we're going to Rigel do Rigel is it. like, leave them. We'll drink to honor their memories later, but we leave here now. Uh, Rigel and Dargo are like, it's only trouble. And uh, uh, Zan is trying to be uh, a compassionate... But they may be survivors, someone's still aboard. And when, when Pilot asks, okay, so what we're doing, everybody says something different. Yes. <laughs> Do we have a consensus? Reverse course. We leave here now. Is there a problem? I mean, I noticed that like in, during the first part of the episode anyway, that like Dargo was really acting like, he was in charge. It's like he was a lot of things that he was yeah. like, oh, do as I say, and like even more so than usual. And people are actually getting along with it. And it's like, okay, who put you in charge? It's like, how did that suddenly happen? Well, I guess he sort of asserted himself uh, uh, when he had the uh, uh, when he had the gauntlet on last time around. Now, obviously, yeah. like he was he was super overconfident. They all got the turn of that. Yeah, but I guess that sort of unlocked it in him that he would like to be in charge. He would like for people not to argue with him. Uh, and to just to be able to make these decisions. But so we have the crew of the ship. And uh, my first thought was like, oh, are these more Luxon? And we. Very good. We, yeah. we later learned that they're not Luxon. They're Ilonic, who are apparently Luxon's genetic cousins or something along the I lines. I love that terminology. Yes. Genetic like, cousins. Yes. Yeah. Like, it, it doesn't say anything about, like, what is it an offshoot? Did an asteroid hit the, the, the planet Luxa and then land on, on, on Elan and deliver some genetic material? No, whatever, whatever. Apparently yeah. that just happened. That's you just like, yeah, they're genetic cousins from a different planet because they have I mean they have familiar features they've got like tentacles off of their face yes. they've got tattoos with tentacles and tattoos all over his head they got a sort of nose bone it's more integrated in the in the in the skin it's a male and a female and the female she's she's wearing her uh, tentacles pulled back with a sort of like it sort of looked like a shuriken hairpin oh when yes. you get to see it from yeah, behind yeah, yeah. One thing that I noticed about the uh, uh, the interior of the of the pod that they in oh actually the pod in general mm-hmm. the pod is the same one that we saw last time it was the bullet pod from that the uh, uh, that the Tavlex were using as oh, well okay. uh, and the interior is uh, uh, I mean the control panel is the same that we saw in the Peacekeeper command carrier oh the the, the big round thing with the, the big round uh, I guess thing yeah like exactly. reusing props is always a good way to go about things I like to imagine I mean obviously yes you're completely right they're use, reusing props they're using uh, their limited CGI budget to great effect but yeah. you know if we if we do the star trek thing and take that what's on screen must be canon then maybe these are just ah uh, generic generic pods yeah right? just like some cheap shuttle like 
these things are all over the place and like yeah it's just peacekeeper a- cast off the last year's model they yeah. flood the, the the lease market things are hyundai why don't we stop playing hide and seek and just smoke them or they even bought like the peacekeepers just have like you know the military model of the same thing it's like it's, maybe it's the hummer of space you know it's like you can get the military <laughs> yeah. model or you or can the get the civilian mo- nice truck yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is hauling something quite different, as yes. uh, uh, as they discover when it lands, and it, it's got this cool sort of landing gear where, like, an elevator like yes, emerges from the that. bottom. That was kind of cool, which we don't at, at all see again because after that, everybody is like always immediately in the in, in or the cockpit. Out, yeah. yeah, where uh, Cretan is like poking his nose around, and he gets turned into the next Green Lantern. I'm superior. Oh no! Wait, that's a difference. <laughs> You're not wrong. Like he walks into the into the cockpit of this shuttle and he notices this this bin with glowing green energy. Yeah. He says, oh, what's this glowing green he energy? Out, I'll stick my fucking hand on it yeah. because I'm a scientist he and I know what to do. By it. I get zapped by some loose wire or something. You remember that? Gets zapped by it. This, this gets energy his... like zaps into his into yep. his uh, seventh chakra right between the eyes. Immediately gets his first time vision where Dargo is like stuck into a repeating loop almost where he says the same thing three or four times and it make they make it look like he's a little bit delirious or something but that's already the first uh sign that he's stuck with some sort of time effect yeah uh so dargo because because these elanix are there uh, are luxon's genetic cousins like he is he is totally team elanix he is super on their side yeah. he's incredibly respectful to them he he, he Offers, offers them all the help they want, all the amenities and all the comforts that he can yeah. offer them, and he's like completely taken. It's like a, it's like a teenager's best friend's mother, I guess. Does mommy know your hair? Uh, you know what I mean. When you've got your, your, you have a sort of contentious yeah. relationship with your own parents, but when you're at your your bestie's place, like you're then trying you're to the best really be- show off best behavior. Yeah, everything <laughs> yeah. your parents taught oh, yes. you. Hello, Mrs. Harrison. Yes. Oh yes, what a lovely dress you're wearing, Mrs. Harrison. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> In this case, Mrs. Matala. Oh, you're so lovely. We got to get him away from Matala. And we get a very nasty smirk from Earbrows, uh, which was also a beautiful bit of puppetry. Done. I know. Yes. The, the, the whole sort of, when Dargo turns around and decides we have to take them on board, he bullies Rigel into agreeing by grabbing his Earbrows. Yes. Ooh, that's a nut squeeze. It is a bit. Those it's are... like Umax, but then like a little bit more forceful. And <laughs> Umax. <laughs> Uh, and Zan finally gets to tell Pilot, oh, we have our consensus, Pilot. They have a little bit of a talk with the aliens here at this point. And here my first thought becomes like, okay, is this research they're supposedly been doing like cause of the accident they were having? Because they, they were like, oh, we're Why having... wasn't that like the first question? But I guess yeah. it's not Star Trek. You're, you're completely not. right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we get introduced to these two uh, uh, these two Ilanic aliens, and one of them is Varel. And do you notice how he doesn't move at all? No. Right? Well, at, a little bit. At first, I thought like maybe it was it was dignity, or he had like a collar or something. But I think uh, uh, we see later on when he does move his head, mm-hmm. um, the actor was very aware that his tentacles wiggle when he moves. Ah, yes, they wiggle and they're really stupid. There's so. a lot of bit of there's a lot of tentacle whipping going around during the fight <laughs> scenes later. But yes, yes, which is fine and it looks cool. But so he realized. I look like a I look like a bowl of jelly if I move my head even the slightest bit. So I'm just going to sit still, and, and everyone can move around me. And I'm not going to move at all. Yes, and uh, Crichton has his first wet daydream with the uh, the the Lux. Oh, sorry, not the Lux. At this point, we know that they are called the Ilonic with the Ilonic yep, uh, lady. Yep, yep. 
And it, it it turns into quite a bit of a steamy scene there, where it's like yeah, down the pants of groping, like, whoa, what's going on here? Gross yeah. as well. Like, he was not bit. enjoying it No, 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 no. He was like, this was like borderline rape. Right. Was, uh, that are vibes that I was getting from that. Yeah, totally. Because you'd think that this would be such a such an opportunity to do, like, a, a sexy, steamy scene and get everybody excited that like, way. But no, like, no, no. Like and he's even traumatized by it as Yes, well. yes. He, he he doesn't know how to how to talk to people about it. And it's not helped by the fact that she has a weird speech pattern at first. She does. And not at the voice. It, it keeps up. She's got like this weird, almost like not quite Valley Girl up talk thing that she's doing. Half the shuttle's power conduits had ruptured. I guess it's sort of like a phone sex line where she like these Maybe curious. Do, yeah. I can't even do it. She looked to me like I I really knew her. I looked it up on IMDb and like I've no idea. I never saw anything else with she's, uh, she's in. Got one of those faces. But somehow I guess. she seemed very familiar. So do you watch a lot of television programs with women with large tentacles? No, surprisingly. Because maybe that's it. Yes, surprisingly few. <laughs> so the 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 Luxon and the uh, Ionic seem to be. Uh, <laughs> Best allies. Did you say Ionic I or Bionic? Okay. <laughs> so this is like that, that toy line, Ionicles. Yes. Okay, cool. And <laughs> oh, I don't know I'm getting that going to the island of misfit toys thing. Dargo is completely like still all over them. He's like, we won't hear a, hear a bad word about them. Me spaceship, a Sue spaceship, Mr. and yes. Mrs. Harrison. Uh, we're we're completely on your side. Whatever you need, whatever you need. They need to be brought to a, a, a rendezvous point yes. where they're going to meet another. So apparently, the bad guys, the um, what are they called again? The Scorpions have like completely unprovokedly attacked uh, the planet of the Ionics, and that seems to happen a lot. Yeah, to, funny that. Like Luxon like, and their genetic. It's just we, we have no choice but to retaliate. It, it was a totally unprovoked attack, and now we have to attack and retaliate. And I would have bought that if it wasn't for the conversation that Dargo and Aaron had previously about the Grisoldans and how the how the Luxons felt that they were just just, just completely overrun and the uh, with with women and children being murdered. And of course, then we had to murder their women yes, and children. I mean, that's how it goes. Like one for a tit for tat and uh, an eye yeah. for an eye leaves everybody blind. I believe the phrase is. <laughs> yeah, um, very good. Mm, I'm sure the Grisoldians said the same thing. And we have this little exchange in the shuttle between Matala and uh, Aaron. I'm surprised that you haven't had a, a, a disrespectful, like... Uh, Matala. No, I haven't really come up with anything for yet. her. I mean... Uh, okay, can we... S- oh, I've got one. Oh, go on then. <laughs> Ursula. Ursula? Because oh, she's got oh, tentacles. Well, yes, okay, Ursula. From the, I'm, I'm thinking, <laughs> From we talk Little about Mermaid, little, yes, yes. Okay. They have a little exchange in the shuttle, which, uh, which Aaron is... Uh, uh, trying to like investigate what's going on. And it's a gorgeous shuttle, by the way. Do you notice how like the wall is is studded leather? It's all red leather. And, I mean, yeah. Look at the sort of divots. Yeah, that's not. See, that, it's like it's like cushioned, like quilting. Oh, Speaking of quilting, like they they the the, the Elonics are very well appointed, by the way. I noticed their outfits resemble yeah. uh, uh, Darkos. They have the same sort of quilting and the sort of layering right. of of flaps, the sort of quasi Japanese. Uh, a thing that have got going on, and like- she is she is basically wearing a duvet tailored to her body at this point. You know, it's like the way it's yeah. been the quilt stitching all over it. I noticed that as well. I think everybody's wearing like is getting to wear interesting stuff. Zan's got a new gown. She's got a oh yes, it's a little bit more um, involved rather than just a drapery with some jewelry on the shoulders. Yes, because she did sort of look like a. A bit of a meringue, I've got to say, initially in her... Yeah, you know what I mean? In the, well. in the sort of light blue, sort of wobbly gown. Now she's got like a, a more tighter-fitting uh, uh, yes. uh, undershirt and like a, and like an open, darker gown over that. And Erin gets to show off some midriff. Oh, yes. Yeah. Looking good there. In, uh, her, in her black shirt. And even Crichton, he has a black T-shirt on. 
Oh, yeah, he does have. Oh, yes, he does. Yeah, a yeah. major change in his. Uh, well, in his l- later on, we we'll see him back in his NASA jacket, sleeveless NASA jacket again. <laughs> I still love that he's he's got one jacket and he rips the sleeves off to show off his guns. Check it out. Speaking of gun show, uh, yeah. uh, when Matala and Aaron sort of confront each other because Matala does not want Aaron poking around her her shuttle, mm-hmm. uh, uh, they both sort of hiss and take and take combat stances. Yes, both showing. Excellent space, uh, what's it called, kamai. Mantis style. And you go, oh, you've had some training. A little pokey thingy around, yes. Which comes back later in the episode. Yeah, do you want to do you want to throw down? Spar a little bit. And I'm really in the mood for some physical activity. Considering their animosity here, it seems like a little bit unusual that they would then go back later. And I was like, at the, the, I guess starting to get suspicions about Matala having like some sort of, like, you know, influencing powers, which I th- at first thought that uh, yeah, right. uh, Triton's uh, 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 flashbacks were, that she was like inflicting them on him or in some way. Yes. Because he, had, he gets another little sexy, well, unsexy flashback, really. Kill my sex life now! Quick, shoot! Where there's more molesting and he's being oh, just like yeah. hauled up by the ankles, literally. Uh, <laughs> yeah. She's, she's very aggressive in those, uh, in those flash forwards. Well, they are having a little house meeting at the uh, uh, table, uh, minus uh, <laughs> yeah, minus tentacles, right. of course. <laughs> sort, of, sort of like in the young ones, <clears throat> yes. calling a house meeting to order. There you go. <laughs> Where Erin makes the brilliant comment that Dargo is being led around by the Mivonks, I believe she calls Mivonks. it. Yes. Mivonks. She's clearly leading Dargo around by his Mivonks, and I think she's having some sort of an effect on you. Mid-bonks. Yes, very good. I mean, is that, is, is that his little chin waggle thing that he's got going, or something? The chin oh, straps? No, but it's like, yeah. yeah, he's got the he's got the tentas. He's got the like, what what it's are mivonks? That, maybe that's the Luxon version of the short and curlies. I mean, that's like <laughs> clearly what's being hinted at here. But right, yeah. I noticed that as well in one of the uh, in one of the sort of semi sexy, scary flash forwards where uh, where Matala was forcing herself on on John in his in his visions. Like there's a moment where she sort of she puts her hands down uh, uh, down south, and there's a there's a look of <gasps> surprise on her on her face as she's yes. encountered. Like what was she expecting? She's probably expecting something quite different. My Vonks, I suppose. Where are your Mivonks? Wow, those are the smallest Mivonks ever. Where's your mating clasp? Where's your Where's your armored jaws? I don't want to think about that. Well, he can't help it. Crichton can't. He's he's sitting there no, at no, the no, table during the uh, the roommates meeting, having these having these fantasies. So he finds Dargo and pulls him away from the company of Mister and Missus Harrison. Yes, <laughs> and Dargo's even so embarrassed. Like he's he's just trying to be cool. Like oh, Crichton. Oh, friend. Hey. Friend, Crichton. So awkward around these around these people. He pulls them aside. Hey, can I um, talk to you? And ask him. Okay, so Elonix, do they have like mind powers or fairy? Yes, he starts asking about this, and because he's like clearly feeling influenced here at this point. Yeah, and we. Uh, I think this is also where he has the first flashback scene of uh, where the. Uh, the, the the male guy of the Ivan uh, Elonix, what's his name again? Uh, a Varel. A Varel. He, he's just stabbed by uh, Dargo's bris knife. I liked how uh, like Crichton tried to eliminate those options first. Like yes. his mind control is is whatever is that is. is Do that they normal? have some sort of pheromone power and like? Dargo is like, no, no idea what you're talking about. This is the scientific method. Like, he's he's showing that just a little bit of his, his scientific prowess. And and after he has another short flash forward of, of Aaron, that then comes true. She comes around the corner and does the exact same thing. He's like, okay, yeah. I'm seeing the future. Right? He's figured it out. That's- yes, he knows, like, that's actually, yeah, it's like, am I seeing flashbacks? Is it the past? But no, they're actually future visions we're seeing at this point. So, and so he's yeah, experimenting with it as yeah. well, like trying to figure out, because, what yeah, as I, I say, uh, he finds Varel dead in the future. 
future, yeah, that's got to be avoided. Not just Varel dead, but then uh, 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 he shortly after gets killed by uh, by Matala in right. that vision. Which I think is very well done in this episode. Like uh, they edit it very well. I loved it so much as well. Like it, it's played so straight because you get these the initial flash forwards. You get these clues. Like you get a sideways whip of the of the camera. Yeah. Um, uh, and we're constantly following John, and we're staying with his perspective. So we we kind of we kind of think we have a handle on it, just like uh, just like he has, until he experiments some more, and he discovers that there's more to it. And he starts trying to figure out what is happening with him, like what's going on. Well, he has a he has a cool moment where he's sort of staring in the mirror, having seen his own death. And goes, yes. "Okay, well, we don't want that now." Do we? <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> uh, because he sees Matala do this, uh, Ursula do this this weird sort of putting her hand up like a like a scorpion tail, like which, a, she'd, been, which she'd already used uh, in the uh, shuttle in the beginning. Yeah, she's got a very peculiar uh, uh, battle stance. Now, of course. This is because, like, this actress and Claudia Black, who plays Aaron Sun, yeah. none of them had done a lot of action before. They didn't, no, okay. they didn't have, like, combat training. I mean, so. like, for, with Aaron, like, she, she, like, she's built. She's, like, nice and trim. I mean, she must have, like, done oh, some training she's a, for that. Yeah. She's, a, she's a fit woman, but, yeah, yeah, she didn't come in with, like, a, a kung fu experience or no, okay. any of those stances. So they were, they were kind of just inventing it on the spot, which you can sort of see when they're, uh, when they're having their duel uh, a little later on. Yes, it's a bit of a slap fight. Yeah, and Matala's doing this 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 weird sort of interpretive penchaxila jazz ballet, <laughs> <laughs> sort of sort of wobbling back and forth like she's a luchadora. Yeah. And Erin uh, uh, seems to be well in control of that match until she gets taken out by a bit of a cheap shot. I would say almost. I thank you for the exercise. Again, she does that whole arm high of the head thing and the lips drawn back in a brilliant Karen pose. And uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, the sort of sort of sort of I arm want to talk to your manager. Cra- <laughs> <laughs> and uh, basically slaps her out and just leaves her there. It's like, which is a bit odd, you know, lying on a fantastic carpet. Yes. It's- now, I, I guess I'd spoil that for you before because I've told you before that uh-huh. the uh, the peacekeeper sort of aesthetic is based on like Bolshevik uh, uh-huh. constructivist design, and this the peacekeeper logo that we see from above is based uh-huh. on a. Uh, so did she have that training rug in her spaceship or something, or did she have Moya make it, or where did that come from? I guess it was on board Moya already oh, because it was a peacekeeper. It, yeah, no, right. Peacekeepers it was, were using it. Moya was used as a prisoner transport. So yeah. I guess yeah, the peacekeepers yeah. could have brought it on board before that. Yeah, I forgot about that. So this is based on a on a piece of art that I recognised because I did uh, one semester of European cultural history. Uh-huh. It's based on a piece called "Beat the Whites with the Red Wedge" by El Lizitsky. and it's it's a little bit more complicated than this. There's more there's more sort of red stripes and mm-hmm. fractions, and it was sort of to symbolise like the defeat of uh, a Tsarist Russia oh, okay. by uh, uh, by communism. Uh, I'll have to take a look at the original sometime. I'm curious to see it now. So this, I mean, it's a yes, it's a slap fight. It's kind of sexy. Ursula, she's she's wearing like a, a rubber black shirt. Yes, uh, very in, much in a sort so. of unitard uh, calisthenics outfit. But yeah, Erin is using this. Like her whole thing is to just bully Matala until she responds. In this case, with like a, a the, the the Scorvian neural stroke that she mm. that she then recognizes. Yeah, later on, a few scenes later, she'll have figured out that like uh, Matala is is a uh, insurgent. <laughs> Matala is not Elonic. She is Scorvian. Uh, because of the way, the technique she used in this fight. Exactly. How do you know this? Because she fights like a Scorvian. 
Very clever, she yeah. fights like a scorpion. We have a little scene with the scientist coming up again. And at this point, I'm just starting to like wonder what's going on. Because he starts to, he, his speech pattern changes very much. Yeah. It seemed to me like it did. Like he was talking like the ventriloquist dummy. Okay, it's yeah, a, a, yeah. And it, 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 it really jumped out at me that he was like talking with clipped words and like, like he's being controlled and that's again like at this right. point i was still thinking that Matala was doing the <laughs> yeah. uh, the mind control thing or something which kind of the reality is that, that it just didn't want his tentacles to wiggle he realized yeah. he had them on his chin as well act with my eyes act with my eyes and uh, we have a little bit of a useless scene with rigel one of his only scene where he's for somehow decided to go on a f- eating binge must you jibber while i'm eating yeah, he's scoffing just... down it. I think the excuse was that uh, Dargo was giving them uh, so many of their rations that he was like afraid of getting left out, so he was going to eat all of his own rations. So Something that's... like that. And, and he spends like the whole episode binging. Eating, and it's like doesn't really have any contribution to the entire uh, affair. No, which I guess is just a, like a convenient way to just indicate Rigel is not going to take part in this yes. episode. It's going to be a rigel light episode while everybody else gets to yep. walk around like bipeds. Meanwhile, the scientist gets murdered again. Again. I love how, how he, like he gets murdered. He's got the knife sticking out of his back and he's just face first into his, into his holographic research. Yep. It, it, it looks kind of, I mean, it looks kind of dumb while he's just, he's just lying there in his dinner. Which turns out to be yet another flashback because we find uh, flash forward. Sorry, all flash you're right. Forward. Flash. No, I know. This is called back and 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 back to the future. <laughs> yes, it's that's like, right. Excuse me. I don't think we even mentioned the name of this episode. Yeah. Oh dear. Maybe we're having flash forwards to next week's episode, and we're recording this last week. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, turns out that Crichton is like in actually face down in Rigel's food, uh, rather than <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm on a <laughs> he, he shoves Rigel, who needs a, a who's 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 choking on a on a on a chunk of food cube. He needs a Hynerian Heimlich. <laughs> yes. Uh, at which point, uh, for the first time, they're, they're starting to notice that something's up with Crichton at this point. Like it's like they've been. Like, <laughs> yeah, Zahn is now finally starting to wise up to the fact that something is like funny with Crichton. You are very odd, Crichton. Uh, Aaron tells Other than usual, yes. When he, when he leaves the, uh, the the house meeting and he goes, oh, I need some air. And Aaron goes, we have air at home. We have air in here. What is the matter with him? He is Crichton. <laughs> and even when eventually Zan is convinced and she tries to tell uh, tell Aaron, oh, he's having flashes of the future. The future? You can barely function. In the present, yes. <laughs> <laughs> they are slacking him off quite a lot, aren't they? He is the... Uh, I mean, the if you look at his... human, I suppose. If you look at his, uh, his conduct so far, like he's... He's had some successful breakthroughs, but a lot of his time is spent bumbling. In, in the previous episode as well, he, he's... And this is also something that's, that's starting to bother him. Like, we saw that in a little bit in, uh, 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 in Exodus from Genesis, where he talks to Zan about how he feels like a bumblebrain. He doesn't know how to open a yeah. door. But, like, you notice his relationship with, uh, uh, with Dargo is changing as well. Dargo, uh, like, accuses him of, uh, of, be, of, you know, being attracted to Matala and, like, bullies him around. Crichton, you disgust me. Do you think this clumsy ruse will turn me away from Matala? No, 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 it's, it's, it's not a ruse. Look, I know it sounds crazy, but... You want her, and you do anything to get her. I do not want Matala. And as usual, uh, John sort of sort of backs away, but eventually, like he barks right back. Oh yeah, yeah. he gets when right he's back pushed in his far face, enough. Yeah. Open your ears or your tentacles or whatever orifice it is you listen with. I think the woman is dangerous. Yeah. 
he actually he actually meets Dargo at his own level. I think is how uh, and, yeah, Ben Browder describes it. And he'll start it. to stand up to him and will not be bullied around anymore, I suppose. And Dargo responds to that. Well, yes, positively. I mean, like I guess he has the whole warrior race thing going for him, where they kind of have respect for that kind of thing. I think but it's also that he respects someone who shows their emotions. Oh, okay. Right? He, he sort of has like trouble with, with Zan a little yeah. bit. He, he he does a lot better with uh, with Aaron. Even though he's aggressive toward her, she's aggressive back. That's good enough for him. Yeah, we have a, we have common ground. And speaking of uh, uh, Zan and emotions, oh yeah, he's like uh, John's having like a little sit down with Zan to talk about things, and he just like idly picks up this blue mask which is standing on a pedestal and promptly drops it. I'm sorry. That's all right, John. Uh, this gorgeous blue, yes. blue, blue mask, and now, you can see, and you can see the like flash of disappointment on Zan's face, and then like the calmness of, oh, it's okay, it's, like, it's okay. <laughs> she just remembers, she, she's about to berate him. She remembers, no, I'm a ninth level priest. No, yes, exactly. Ninth level like, priests don't do that. If I was eighth level, I would have ripped your mivonks <laughs> off. But no, even, you're lucky. Even then, you know, it's like, <laughs> like you get this to the sense of, I guess, an inner peace or something when, like, you know, yeah, it happens around the house as well. You know, when someone, yeah, when if, when a good friend something happens by accident and like. Even something, even something dear to you, it's like you have that flash of disappointment, but then you don't want it. That, just it just happens, yeah. and you don't want them to like feel bad about it uh, because it was clearly not intentional. So you go, no, it's okay. Don't worry about it. It's like, and it's so much easier to do that for somebody else than for yourself. Like if true. you accidentally drop something, you'll berate yeah. yourself for yeah, days. Yeah, you'd be kicking your ass. Like, oh, can I be so stupid and do that? But, what did you uh, think that mask was, by the way? I mean I, I, I mean, I don't know, but... I mean, it has the same shade of blue that she does, so I assumed it was some sort of religious significance. Or yeah, even, it's even like if a humanoid a, face. Even if it was a religious thing that she's a priest of, that's never really made clear. Right. Yeah, there's another little flash-forward scene where uh, there's more confrontation with Mala and uh, Matala. Sorry, Mala. <laughs> There's no lionesses in this one, yeah. I can see what's happening. happening. And they don't have a clue. Well, he's de- well. that's actually quite appropriate here. <laughs> <Right? It's> like- <laughs> okay, so who's Timon and who's Pumbaa? No, obviously, obviously Crichton is Timon and Pumbaa is, uh, is Dargo. I don't even need to yeah, ask, no, this, yeah, ask the question. Yeah, that's very true. Where uh, Matala pulls a clever little thing when... Uh, uh, John picks up a, uh, I don't know, block or something, and she just like has a little fainting spell just as Dargo comes in. And Dargo then runs Crichton through with his sword. Oh, yes, a sword. Thank you. That'll be really helpful. Yes. And it flashes back to the mask dropping on the ground again, and this was another flash forward. Yes. Now, this was brilliant, because we, we finally saw him like convince, uh, uh, convince Zan that he was having these visions. Premonitions. Future flashes. The concept is a fascinating one. Uh, and it was after he came out of a vision that he dropped the mask, and then he realized, okay, I've got to do something about it. I know what's going to happen. I know that Matala's going to murder murder Varel. Yep. I'm going to stop it. He gets there too late. He tries to stop her anyway. She has a brilliant plan to make Dargo kill him. She kills Dargo anyway, and he's back to the present. Turns yes. out this was all a fake out. So just by by how straight it had been played so far, this, yes, this, it was this very trickery. Well done. Aaron walks in on the conversation, uh, also notes her suspicion to uh, about Matala. She's so proud that she's figured it out. And Crichton already knows, which even more convinces Zan that what Crichton was saying is actually correct, that he is yes. actually seeing the future, because he, he really knows things that he has no way of knowing. He says he is experiencing the future. Yes, this is actually where we also learn that Drago's sword is called a Qualta blade. Qualta blade, Qualta yes, blade, that's right. Uh, which is more played for a gun in this episode, other than that 
one part where it gets stabbed teeth through Crichton. Dargo skewers me with his qualta blade. Hey, this is the first time it's used as a f***ing sword. Did you notice? Yes, and apparently it's good enough to stab humans with, so... Dargo runs him through. He says, uh, Crichton says, uh, after he comes out of the flash forward, that he could feel it, like, Run, yeah. slicing through his gut. I just felt the blade slice through my guts, okay? Oh, that must be a very unpleasant sensation. Uh, and apparently also Matala can draw it and immediately convert it into, a, into his rifle configuration very quickly. Yes, it goes a lot faster than he did it in the previous episode when we first saw that uh, Well, uh, he's occurring. looted up with his crusty dishcloth. But, so, <laughs> don't say that word. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so he, uh, Crichton comes out of this, this flash forward. I mean, he's lost a lot of the progress that he'd made in the previous flash forward. Look, I've already lived through all this. Like, he'd convinced uh, uh, Zan, he'd largely convinced Eren. Now, he is just so frustrated having to have this conversation over again, he doesn't do as good a job convincing Zan this time around. No, I guess not. Been there, done that. It's not going to work. And he has to rely on them trusting him, even though... He puts the mask down on the ground and crushes it. I think, I mean, I thought that was symbolic of, of him trying to change the future. Yeah, because he's like, because he, he's seen two ways in which it doesn't work, and they realize yeah. that the key is always Dargo, who needs to be removed from Matala. Like they need to split them up, and that's yes. the, and that's the key to changing the future, to to doing something something different. Yeah, and I guess like crushing the mask is because like it it broke and fell the first two times. He feels it might still need to break, but like it has to become a deliberate act rather than an accident. I don't. What does that feel like to Zan? I don't know. Yeah, it's like because <laughs> he makes like hardcore eye contact with her. Like I've got this precious thing, and I'm going to put it down. I'm just going to look at you and going to break on it. it. It's like well, oh, who's what? your god now? Yes, oh. <laughs> it's harsh. It's, it's, it's really like, like don't fuck with me. Yep, they construe a clever little ploy. It's brilliant. In, in which they say that Rigel came up with a bill that the two uh, Ayalas, no, Yogans, uh, um, no. Um, Alanix. Alanix, thank you. Uh, I'm so glad you haven't gone for the other one yet. <laughs> Uh, need to pay and uh, yeah Dargo does another brilliant eye roll and I was like I'll talk to him that's not gonna happen they're still my friends and we're not gonna charge them anything so I've explained this to him before I will explain it to him again but it's actually like just a lure to get him to the bridge where he can be trapped in another house meeting to convince him what's going on they all work together. They they share the information that uh, that they have. Dargo doesn't believe them until Crichton asks to 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 talk to Dargo alone. Let me talk to him in private. Yes, and asks him about the crime that he's committed, and like confronts him with the fact that like you've been telling Porkies the crime that you've been keeping secret from everybody on board this ship. Because Crichton has seen a flash forward where he saw uh, a Dargo confiding in Matala. Yes, and so that, he's like, overheard I, this. I can never join you. I can't really go back because of the heinousness of my crime or whatever. Whatever it is, yeah. it gets like which we still don't know. No, no I mean we don't even a... know what he's claiming that he was in for, let alone the one what he what he was actually caught for. Oh, that's an interesting point. I wonder if I go back. Well, if I go back in the editing, whether through the magic of editing, I'm able to retrieve. I killed a fellow soldier. I don't think it. I don't uh, think it was mentioned. I killed my commanding officer. Oh, that's what it was. I'm just giving us some options for yeah, which yeah. to edit. <laughs> oh yeah, huh? Must have been completely slipped me by. <laughs> And this is where it turns out that we are actually getting confused because this is like, with all the flash <laughs> yeah, forwards going right, by, we, yeah. I just realized that this is the one after which he steps on the mask rather than <laughs> yes. the, the one we were talking about before. He drops it twice and then, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. During the, during the last cycle, like he tries to, whew. Okay, so how, how does it go? He, he, talks to, he talks to Zan, then he has a flash forward. He gets killed by, yes, he gets killed by, uh, uh, by Darko. Comes back into, into Zan's room, drops the mask, 
another flash forward where he convinces, uh, uh, where he talks to Aaron. They try to convince Dargo. He tries to... The scientists like, get murdered again. Yes, exactly. Um, Matala runs off with the research, jumps in the shuttle. Uh, Aaron, Aaron shoots, shoots the shuttle. And that's when everything explodes. And, and then third flash forward back it, in the present. That's where the mask gets destroyed. It's simple. Simple as that? Simple? It's not nearly as simple as that. Well, gets destroyed as generous. I still say, like, he just looks oh, yeah, Zan he in the eyes. It destroys like, it. You're going to stop me? You're going to stop me? Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm crazy. And he crushes it. And now he knows, like, all of these things really can't be done. So they have the house meeting with uh, with Dargo. God. They lure him out with the, the fake bill that Rigel supposedly has made. And they have another house meeting, yes. And now that Crichton has convinced uh, uh, Dargo by telling him about this crime that he couldn't possibly have known, yep. uh, now Pilot informs them that an Elanic cruiser, and there's another cool hologram on the, on the, on the table. Oh, yes. And well, it looks Elanic on the outside, but so does Metalla. Yes, and when they eventually do make radio contact, there's a convenient problem with their transmitter array, so you, all you see is static and you can't see yes. what, the, what the crew actually looks As like. As Dargo predicted. Like, yeah. Scorpions look nothing like Elanics. They refuse to make visual contact. You have your answer. So Erin knows what's up. In which case I start dodging. She does her own eye roll and arresting what face, and she gets the, uh, uh, the, the, the joy ball for manual control of Moya to do evasive maneuvers to prevent them from getting a, a weapons lock. Apparently she yeah, can do that. which is a little bit odd, because there's like not much you can do in the way of maneuvering in space unless you have something to maneuver around. Yeah, right. Dive straight into the atmosphere. You're, so, you're always going to be within line of sight that's of what, whatever. That's what I mean. And there's yet another showdown in the scientist lab where, this case, uh, Matala actually starts holding our scientist guy hostage uh, using that knife that we saw sticking out of his back earlier. And it's this is where her we, bris knife. It's, it's her, her scorpion yeah. bris knife. Yeah, that's yeah. the one. And now her accent changes again because it definitely has changed several oh, times now, yeah. over the... And now it's become very hissy and serpent-like it's almost. It's almost sexy. It, yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> Like she started, she started like phone sex. Rest and revitalize. And then halfway through, while she was while she was battling with uh, uh, with Aaron, it was it was almost like an Australian trying to do an American accent, and like all of that <laughs> that sex line was was gone. And I'm really in the mood for some physical activity. And now she's full on skexies. No, get back, there's another big fight. The, the rifle gets thrown about a bit. There's a little bit of bashing going on. I like how Matala completely ignores John. She's like, <laughs> yes. pays him no heed whatsoever. Just runs straight past him and uh, yeah, w- with the with the stolen research. He's he's not the threat. Nope. But her success is 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 short lived because Varel, with his dying breath, goes, oh, "Must stop, must destroy. It releases the containment field on the black hole. Containment field, I think, is generous. I mean, this was something that I noticed as when 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 Crichton was exposed. Their containment for this black hole is weapon a drawer is yeah. A, yeah it, they've just got a black hole bin that says "Do not open." <laughs> do not open black hole inside. <laughs> do not don't, black don't open black hole. Open hole. <laughs> That's the one. That's a fun little reference. And we get a we get a last shot of of Matala's face and. I've got to say, like, I really liked her her look. Like, she's proper proper alien with the with the tentacles sort of bound behind her. She's got like, uh, uh, you, when you look up close, you can see she's got a little shell over her nose, just a little oh, bit of yeah, a, yeah. a shell. And above that, she's got like a like a, 
a guitar pick bindi uh, <laughs> between her brows. The shuttle starts to starts to collapse under the weight of this yep. particle of black hole. This Moya in another gr- flash of green light, and Moya star bursts out just in time as the uh, as the Elanic cruiser or the the Scorpion cruiser is also slurped up by this. This, I mean, this, this these special effects are so gorgeous. Oh yeah, it's fantastic, beautiful. Ninety nine. Uh, this was yeah. Boom. Looking at Moya coming out of starburst, that lace of blue lights, which is all over her hull. It looks yeah. stunning. And the and the sort of like there's there's even some like bits of animation, like the nose cone retracts. The nose cone oh, okay. extends when she travels through the uh, through starbursts. I hadn't noticed. I hadn't seen that. You'll have to watch that again. Well, it is her only defensive maneuver, so she's definitely going to do it again sometime. Oh yeah, I'm sure that starburst is the way to get out of her. I mean, isn't is it what is it? Is it just like hyperdrive or something? It's, I can tell you, like mm. this is this is deep lore. Mm. So uh, uh, I, I don't know if it if it really comes up, but it's different from a wormhole. That's that, okay. that's really important. Yeah. So it is transitioning from three dimensional space into one dimensional space and gliding along a one dimensional vector. Okay. So the portal that you're seeing is actually kind of like a two dimensional collapse membrane no. that Moya is able to sort of Slide squeeze herself through. down into. Yeah. yeah. And as a one dimensional object containing all of its three dimensional information, it experiences all the inertia but none of the drag of real space okay and that's why like the entry vector and exit vectors are semi-random like when you observe something going into starburst you have a decent idea of roughly which direction it's going but not where it's going to stop or which direction it's going to exit cool right yes it's cool i also noticed that everything after the immediately after the starburst was all shot at a bit of a dutch angle when every everything is a little bit crooked and uh, where the the camera is a little bit tilted yes everything one seems to be shaken by the experience uh, nonetheless and yeah uh, another scene with Rigel like a <laughs> little comments, camper comments about his food who's been just like yeah binging himself I think he looks a bit fatter even at the end of this uh, episode <laughs> he's completely overstuffed tail end of the food binge I'm afraid very difficult to stop when you get going Crichton gets uh, I mean he's, he's clearly minging or, or, or burping Crichton kind of Ooh. gee what is that smell <clears throat> Dargo comes walking in they're both grabbing a snack did you notice like yeah, yeah. Crichton comes in and there's there's sort of like a hatch that he lifts and there's and there's a tray under it that he yes. expects just to have food so I and guess Dargo goes to some sort of cabinet or the fridge yeah and they have a little bonding moment about how long it's been since they've been with a female or something like that Oh, I thought that was actually that was actually quite nice because Dargo is opening up to to, to Crichton. Okay, and I think this is something that I've that I've never really noticed before as I was watching it through. Mm-hmm. Like I've noticed it now, how sensitive Dargo is, even in these early episodes. Okay, do you remember that? Like when when Crichton uh, overreacted in in frustration in a previous episode, and then Dargo, uh, it's with the with space bugs and everything yeah. is getting up, and then Dargo comes and on, hey, we're all frustrated, we're all hot. He's the voice of reason, which is so unusual. Yeah. And this time around, even though like they've been bickering, and Crichton doesn't really feel that they're that they're closer, Darko stops and he and he tells uh, uh, Crichton, you know, I'm not usually affected by females in a crisis. It's just it has been so long. He wants Crichton's respect. Yeah, I suppose. Which and he hasn't wanted before. Hasn't you know? Yeah. And Crichton like goes like, oh, I can I can understand. Like you know, I feel your pain. Oh, that I understand. I feel your blue myvongs. <laughs> and in the nick of time, you've named this episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! Uh, Crichton takes a takes a swig from his from his NASA water bottle. Oh, that's it. Yeah, it's like a you know, nice uh, aluminum water bottle. I guess he's I like holding, how he's combining all these. He's uh, holding on to it as a uh, memento or something. 
And uh, yeah, it's like, again, a little bit of almost a downer end to the uh, the episode. Ending on a down note. A little bit of melancholy. Yeah. Now we've had that before, like that was with uh, uh, with I E T, uh, yeah. Little House, and the last episode as well. Yeah, yeah, where where it sort of ends with uh, with little, Crichton's melancholy, little reflective, almost mm. sad moment. So one other thing that I noticed during this episode, which yes. somehow hasn't come up, is uh, I believe it is Zahn who at some point mentions that I don't remember who has been on board Moya for longer than anybody except Pilot, right? And Rigel, Rigel, yeah. right? And she says it in such a way that to me, almost suggests that the pilot isn't part of Moya. You've been aboard Moya longer than anyone else except pilot. Right. Because the fact okay, that, yeah. if, I mean, if he was, if he was part of Moya, then it would be a given that yeah. he, he is, there might still be symbiotes or something, but I guess, guess right. they're not like, he's not actually a part of Moya. So that's at least my, str- my, cur- my current running theory. No, but this is, this is great. And you should, you should definitely like, I'm really, I'm really keen to see what this looks like uh, uh, through your eyes because it, it, yeah, it is such a cool thing to discover. Like you're getting to experience essentially like four years of, of internet forums in the early 2000s. <laughs> yes. It's just you and me. So there's, there's fewer people like calling you a Nazi or yes. <laughs> uh, like, or a idiot or just like read yeah. the f-ing manual or, <laughs> yeah. or are you even a fan? Do you oh. even lift bro? Oh dear. That's like, do you even skate, bro? Oof. Oh, well, I do. We call ourselves scapers now, I guess. Scapers is the thing. Yep. Or like f- fanscapers. <laughs> fanscapers. <laughs> Why didn't we name this podcast that? <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a good one, yes. Oh, my God. Can we still change it? Ooh, Can we change a, it to fanscaping? It would be a lot a lot of work to go back through all the uh, Okay, intros. well, let's see if we can summon, like, uh, uh, if you open the black hole bill, bin and we can go back and back and back to the future and replace all the... Yeah, if you if you don't hear this, then we've replaced it to fanscaping. It's always been called fanscaping. Now you know why. Now, now we are told you... <laughs> I called- for real can't believe that we didn't call it fanscaping. <laughs> So good. Well, whatever we uh, uh, we live with, what we got, we can barely function in the present, let alone the let alone the future. Uh, something to look forward to. But in the meantime, that's the story so far, Scape. We'll see you next week with episode one hundred and six. Thank God it's Friday again. Yes. When the crew visits a planet full of happy workers, and soon Dargo and Zahn start working and refuse to return to the ship. Meanwhile, Rigel's body fluids become explosive, and Aaron and Pilot <laughs> must learn why before Rigel dies. <laughs> I forgot about that episode. Uh, you can find us at SoFarscape on Twitter and Facebook, and on SoFarscape.com, uh, and wherever you get your podcast. I'm Kaki. I'm Kay. So, so Farscape, so good. good.